our studies on prayer. Uh, tonight we want to look at prayer is about resigning. Prayer is about resigning. We're still in Matthew chapter 6 and verse 10. And we're going to be considering the phrase, Thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Now, uh, thus far in this series of sermons and studies, we have discovered the truth that prayer is a conversation or dialogue, and I hate to say conversation necessarily, but that is kind of what it is. Uh, we always think, well, I'm the only one saying anything, right? Well, not necessarily. Not if we're in the Word and we know God's Word. He can be speaking to us as we speak to Him. And uh, so it's, it's not just a one-way one uh, conversation. You say, well, I don't hear anything. Well, that doesn't mean he's not trying to get a hold of your heart and try to tell you something, uh, even in prayer. Uh, and uh, it's uh, that uh, conversation we have with our Heavenly Father. Uh, we can rest in that relationship. We've seen the truth. Uh, prayer must include elements of worship, exaltation, and praise. Uh, we're to reverence him at all times. We're uh, we've been taught to seek God's rule on the earth, though praying uh, for his kingdom to come on earth and in our hearts. And so we're to allow him to reign in our lives. So we're moving along in what has often been called the model prayer. Uh, sometimes people want to call it the Lord's Prayer, but uh, the Lord's Prayer is really found in John and uh, this is a teaching method that, that the Lord used to teach his disciples about prayer. And so we're going to learn the truth that prayer is also about resigning. Uh, that doesn't mean giving up, quitting. Uh, that doesn't mean turning in your, your keys. doesn't mean uh, saying, I don't want anything to do with this anymore. In prayer, uh, this resigning... Uh, has to do with yielding ourselves uh, to the Lord. Uh, we're to grow until we come to the place where we lay all on the altar and yield totally ourselves and our wills to the will of our Heavenly Father. And that is not always an easy task, is it? Sometimes that can be very difficult, but it is absolutely necessary. If we expect to become all that God has saved us to be. Now, so for a few minutes this evening, we're going to consider God's will and what our response to his will should be. So our subject is prayer is about resigning. So first of all, God's will, a definition. Just what is the will of God? Well, I don't think I or any preacher for that matter, could absolutely describe all that the will of God is in one lifetime, much less in one Bible study here. And yet, I'm going to give you some things that I think are good for us to think about concerning God's will. Now, some people, uh, they look at the will of God as an iron-fisted rule of an overbearing dictator. You know, God is just too strong to resist. So, uh, we give him, or we give in to him, and yet it's with a resentful attitude. 
And they would do something else if they thought they could. Others uh, seem to think that, well, the will of God is, is inevitable. So we, they just submit, not out of faith, but out of surrender. Now, surrender is a good thing, but sometimes it's not necessarily a good thing just to give up, as I've already mentioned. Uh, and these who think this way do not submit to God's will out of love or joy, but out of resignation to what they see as certain. It's, it's going to happen anyway. Uh, these folks pray, but they don't think their prayers really make any, any difference. God's going to do what he's going to do anyway. It doesn't make any difference what, what I pray. The early church prayed for Peter to be released from prison on the eve of his execution. Did it do any good? <clears throat> Certainly did. And it's apparent they did not believe he was going to be released. They didn't think he was because when the girl came to the door <laughs> and, and she, she didn't... She assumed he was a dead man. But they prayed for him to be set free. Now, others still think that the, this is man's duty in prayer. You know, just bend to God's will so it lines, up, uh, lines us up with his. And they see prayer as an attempt to get God to do what they want him to do. Well, the problem with this is that all three of these outlooks are flawed. Yes, God is sovereign. He's in absolute control of this universe, but he does invite his children to pray about things in life. And yet when we pray, we are not do, going, uh, doing so to get our will done in heaven. Uh, we pray in order that God's will might be accomplished on earth through us. You know, prayer is, and this prayer, as we're seeing here, it's all about him. It says, it's talking about his name, our Father. It's talking about his kingdom. And here we're talking about his will. Thy kingdom, thy, uh, thy name, thy kingdom, thy will. God is a sovereign God, but he still commands us to pray. James chapter 5, verse 16 says, The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. So with that in mind, let's just set the record straight as to just what the will of God is all about. First of all, God's will of decree. There is a sense in which God has determined some things in advance. Uh, these things uh, will be accomplished and nothing can hinder it, nothing can stop it, nothing can sidetrack it. And this kind of determination you see in creation. In order that, uh, that it, uh, it's maintained in the universe, in God's dealing with sin and Satan and the matter of salvation, you know, the Word of God is clear when it talks about God's definite will being reality. I could take you through, I've got a list of passages here. We could spend a long time here talking about how God's uh, Word tells us that God's definite will is a, a reality. I think we have the idea of what that means, though. Some things have been determined by the Lord. They're going to stand forever. You can't change it. That's his decree, his definite will. 
There are some things there's no use praying about. You say, what? Don't pray about it? And when God gives you a command to do something, you don't say, well, should I do that or shouldn't I? You know? When he says, go into all the world and preach the gospel, well, let's see, I don't know if I should do that or not. I better pray about that. No, there are things in the Bible that we don't need to pray about, we just need to obey. There's no use of praying about it, no use complaining about these things, no use trying to change His will. His will is going to be done regardless of what you and I do, regardless of what we might think or how we might feel. You see, God's eternal plan will be accomplished. Satan and sin and death will be judged and done away with forever. And the redeemed saints of God will go to heaven. I'm not going to change that. Things are going to play out just as God has determined that they will. Nothing is going to sidetrack his purposes. So we have God's will of decree. Secondly, we have God's will of desire. Now this is unlike the decreed will that which God desires may or may not come to pass. But let me quickly add that even those things which fall into this area of his will uh, are not accomplished, his decree still stands. And it's not going to change. You say, well, that doesn't make sense. But, well, God's will is perfect. God is perfect. His decreed will is going to come to pass. Let me see if I can make this somewhat clearer to us. There are several words translated will in the New Testament. And I just want to uh, take just the main two and show you the difference between what we call God's decreed will and his desired will. Uh, the first will uh, is, is uh, referred to as a decree or design, and it speaks of the eternal counsels and purposes of God which cannot be changed. Now, oh. The word used to speak of those things God has already determined will take place and nothing can ever change it. And this word for will is used 200 times in the, in the New Testament. A couple places where it was found is John chapter 21, for, uh, for instance, John 21, 22. Jesus saith unto him, if I will that he tarry till I come, what is that to you? Follow thou me. Then went his, this saying abroad among brethren that that disciple should not die. Yet Jesus said not unto him he shall not die, but if I will that he tarry till I come, what is that to thee? Another place would be John seventeen twenty four, Father, I will that they also whom thou hast given me be with me where I am that they may behold my glory, which thou hast given me, for thou lovest me more than the foundation of the world. So that's just a couple of examples of this first word, will. But the next word that we're really interested in this evening is a word which means a fond wish or desire. It has kind of an idea of a passive wish. Wish. Uh, this is what God would desire to see what 
would happen under the best circumstances. And this word is used for things that God would like to see happen, but may or may not come to pass. You know, I think we have the, the passage, God is not willing that any should perish. Now, is everybody going to be saved? No. But that's, not, that's God's desire. That's God's uh, uh, will uh, concerning uh, each one of us. Now, this word for will is actually used seven times in the New Testament. I could give you all the Greek on this, but I'm not going to try to impress you because I'm not a Greek scholar. But, you know, you can look these words up in a lexicon. And uh, you can find it in Acts 27:43. But the centurion, willing to save Paul, kept them from their purpose and commanded that they which could swim, should cast themselves first into the sea and get to the land. The word willing there is this word desire or fond wish. Second Timothy, or Second Peter 3.9, The Lord is not slack, which I've already given to you. Uh, the Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some men count slack, slackness, but is long-suffering to us, word, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Again, not all will come to repentance. So this is a, a different aspect of God's will. And so with this little information concerning the will of God, there is a sense in which God's purposes will be done and cannot be thwarted. There's also a sense in which God's desire is not always accomplished. In our verse, the word translated will comes from the first will. It says, we are to pray for God's perfect decreed will to be carried out on this earth. Just as it is being carried out in heaven. And we're to pray that God will do as he purposed to do and that he will do it in us and through us as well. Then let's go on to God's will, a depiction. Now, this verse... Matthew 6.10 tells us that God's perfect will is being done in heaven, and we're to pray that his will might be carried out in the same decree upon earth. So how is God's will done in heaven? Well, it's carried out completely, consistently, constantly. It's done without complaint, without murmuring, without discussion, and it's done quickly. It's done with joy and excitement. It's done with, out of a heart of love for Almighty God. Psalm 103 and verse 20 says, Bless the Lord, ye his angels, that excel in strength, that do his commandments, hearkening unto the voice of his word. The fact of the matter is, uh, this evening, uh, is that God's will is not being done on earth as it is in heaven, is it? If it were, we wouldn't have any crime. Uh, there would be no sin, there'd be no rebellion, there'd be no abortion, there'd be no homosexuality, uh, there'd be no murder, there would be no false doctrine, and we could go on and on and on with this list. But the truth of the matter is, Satan is the god of this world, as it tells us in 2 Corinthians 4.4. 4. His will is being carried out in this world even more so than God's will. 
And that's tragedy, but it's true. God's will, as it is written in the word of God, is not being done. But we're to pray that it will be done. There's a desperate need for God's will to be done in this world. There's a need for God's people to earnestly pray that it might be done to the same degree that it's done there. I think just with that, saying that, realizing what that means, thinking about our church and our small group here tonight, there could be so many more people here they're a part of our church that could be praying that God's will would be done on this earth as it is in heaven. You see, it's not being done. We've got lots of empty seats and we're only on one side. We should fill this side up. And we who are here, thank you for coming. We need to pray that God's will would be done in earth as it is in heaven. The third thing we'll look at is God's will a duty. And if I am to pray sincerely that God's will be done on earth as it is in heaven, that I am praying that this world and my heart will be brought into perfect conformity to his revealed will. And you and I can't do a thing about what those out in the world are doing this evening but we can do something about our own hearts, about our own walk with the Lord. And so when I pray, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven, I'm asking the Lord to take my life and conform it to his word and to do his will. I'm yielding all that I have and all that I am to the hand of the potter. I'm echoing the prayer and fleshing out the example of the Lord Jesus when he prayed in the Garden of Gethsemane, not my will, but thine be done. We need to pray that our lives would be uh, in conformity to God's word. If, if I pray God's will be done, I'm taking my life and finally and fully giving it to him as he pleases. And most of us know what it says in Romans 12 and verse 1 and 2. I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, uh, help me out, holy, acceptable. Is that all? All right. Uh, and we realize that if we're going to fully give ourselves to him, we've got to present our bodies as a sacrifice to him. And be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And I hope that's what we do every time we come to the, the Word of God. Realize that there's a need to be a transformation that takes place as we're reading His, His Word. When I pray, Thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven, I'm asking the Father to use me and make me, or make this earth more like heaven. That's what we're asking. I'm praying for spiritual wisdom to learn his will. Psalm 119.27 says, Make me to understand the way of thy precepts, so shall I talk of thy wondrous works. 
Verse 33 goes on to say, Teach me, O Lord, the way of thy statutes, and I shall keep them, or keep it unto the end. So I'm praying for spiritual wisdom to learn his will. That's what I'm doing if I pray that God's will be done. I'm praying for spiritual wisdom. I'm praying for spiritual desire to do his will. Psalm 119 again, verse 32. I will run the way of thy commandments when thou shalt enlarge my heart. Verse 36 says, Incline my heart unto thy testimonies and not to covetousness. And then thirdly, I'm praying for spiritual strength to carry out his will. Psalm 119 verse 25 says, My soul cleaveth unto the dust. Quicken thou me according to thy word. Verse 28, my soul melteth for heaviness, strengthen me according unto thy word. Philippians chapter 2, verse 12 and 13. Wherefore, my beloved, as ye have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling, for it is God that worketh in you both to will and to do his good pleasure. Hebrews 13, 20 and 21. Now the God of peace that brought you again, that brought again from the dead our Lord Jesus, that great shepherd of the sheep, through the blood of the everlasting covenant, make you perfect in every good will or good work to do his, what? Will. To do his will, working in you that which is well-pleasing in his sight through Jesus Christ, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. So when I pray, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven, I'm praying, Lord, help me to carry out your will in this world cheerfully, completely, constantly, just like it's being done in heaven. This is the attitude that God wants to develop in our hearts. As Ephesians 6, 6 says, not with eye service as men pleasers, but as servants of Christ, doing the will of God from the heart. May he help us to see his will as a duty that must be carried out by those who know him. After all, those who don't know him are dead in their sins. They can't serve him. They can't do his will. It's up to us. And so if God is truly my heavenly father, I am really interested in hallowing his great name. And if I am actually committed to seeing his kingdom come into the world, then I am also going to want to yield my life to his will. And the question is, are we committed to the will of God for our lives tonight? Have you placed your all on the altar and have you yielded all to him and his will? Are you doing everything in your power to see that his will is done in earth as it is in heaven. See, when we learn to submit our all to him and pray for his will to be done in our lives, then we're honoring God the Father. We're hallowing the precious name of, of our Father. We're seeing that his kingdom work is advanced within us and within our own hearts. Thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Tremendous uh, thoughts there to meditate upon tonight. Let's pray. Father.